Friends, welcome to Spirit Seekers. Today is Friday, February 5th. My name is Lucy Samara. I serve First Congregational Church of Burlington, the United Church of Christ as the communications coordinator. And I'm very pleased to welcome you to Spirit Seekers. This is a forum for sharing life stories and faith journeys um, with the goal of having us get to know each other better and uh, to encourage each other in our, uh, in our growth as people of faith. Um, it's also time to have a little fun. <laughs> and our guest today is uh, somebody who I think will be bringing us some of that joy, and that is uh, Charlie Church. Oh, Charlie is uh, somebody who I have known for quite a while, in fact, has always been part of the church, so I feel like kind of like a, a kid. <laughs> it's Mr. Church. At any rate, so let me let me just start this with a uh, quote from uh, James from the Bible, James chapter five, the thirteenth line, and here's what it says: "Is anyone cheerful?" That's the James wrote. Is anyone cheerful? If they are, let him sing songs of praise. So let me introduce Charlie Church to you, who has been singing songs of praise at First Congregational Church, including crying in the pew probably when he was baptized as a baby on Christmas Sunday in 1940. <laughs> uh, that's a long time ago, Charlie. So we, Charlie, we're gonna, oh, I have somebody to let in. Here we go. And Charlie, you need to unmute yourself and uh, let me ask you some questions. Okay. So Charlie, uh, tell us of some of your earliest memories of um, being at First Congregational Church since you were there. And tell us about your family, a little bit about your growing up. Well, I don't remember the Sunday when I was baptized because I was only three months old. But, uh, and I'm taking my glasses off, by the way, because uh, uh, when I, when I had, go to Zoom meetings, I see a, a reflection off my glasses. So. Ah. Um, I'll take them off so that I can uh, I can see everybody and you can see me. So, um, so I was baptized on uh, Christmas Sunday in 1940 um, so by Charles Stanley Jones. He was an interesting character. Um, he used to recite the, um, I met some of you also on his call will recall that he used to recite the scriptures from by memory every Sunday. And people would sit in the pews with the pew Bible following along to see if they made any mistakes, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so um, I joined the junior choir um, when I was about 10 or 11 years old. I have a, I have a photo here, which I'm just gonna flash up for a second, but it, uh, here's, here's a photo uh, from Palm Sunday, 1953. I'm the I'm the fourth kid in the second row um, from the end. A goofy looking kid. <laughs> so Charlie, how many uh, among you're among other goofy looking kids? How many are in that picture? Just for our listeners to get a yeah. scope of this. I believe there's 50 kids. I'm one of them. Earl Stanley Jones was standing up behind behind everybody at the pulpit. There was a pulpit screen behind him. It's not there anymore. And the, and the organ screen is quite different now than uh -huh. it was. And uh, Hazel Sessions, the director, is standing in the middle there. 
and um, it was um, it was a lot of fun. They had choir mothers, and they, had, they you know they had to tie all the bows on their, all the kids every Sunday. It was yes, every every child has a bright red bow tied right. at the neck, and a white is it? What's the the white overpiece? Is that the surplus? Yeah, it's a surplus. Yeah. And then the choir robe underneath, quite yeah. right. display. I think it was black at that time. Did so you live near the church, Charlie? Pardon me? Did you live near the church? Yes. Um, and we lived on uh, um, Spruce Street, uh -huh. not, not too far from where Bruce Hewitt lives now. Uh -huh. um, we were in a duplex with the, with the Moody's who were church members and my parents. Hmm. Um, and um, so um, let's see, what else can I say? Well, um, there were lots of, lots of different groups back in those days uh, that I can remember. Um, my mother was uh, the, the chairman of the Women's Fellowship for, for four years in the early 50s. I have her Bible here. Uh, yeah, it, it's a vice standard version. And uh, yeah, on April 14th, 1953, uh, presented the Mrs. Charles Church Sr., president of the Women's Fellowship of First Church, Burlington, Vermont, for her inspiring leadership, 1951 to 1953. So, now, at that time, a lot of the sort of mission activity of the church was vested in, the, in women of the church, as I understand yes. it. Um, right. Go ahead. Right. And um, so I, you know, um, you, you might ask, well, why am I here? And I would tell you that um, it was expected of kids to go to church and follow in their parents' footsteps. And I did that and I have done that as best I can. Mm -hmm. so. Music was really an important part of that with the 50, I'm picturing 50 kids in choir. I mean, that was probably, you know, it's Easter week, right? So it's a very, it's special, but what, what was that like? Did you come back later in the day for rehearsal? Who managed all of that activity? I think we rehearsed, I, uh, maybe Janice can tell me, but I think we rehearsed uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh -huh. I don't know. I don't, honestly don't remember. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> She's nodding yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so I got in trouble one Sunday on uh, on, a, on Easter Sunday. One of my couple of buddies and I were sitting in the front pew and on a long Easter service, and uh, we got a little restless and we took our programs, rolled them up, and started beating each other over the head. That, <laughs> <laughs> that seemed pretty subtle, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> How'd it we go caught, for you? We caught holy hell for that. <laughs> How many adults descended on you? <laughs> yeah, well, my parents for sure. <laughs> those were the those were the days when a look was enough. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, so there were lots of other things going on in the church at that time. Uh, Charles Stanley Jones was, you know, the full house of people after World War II, so the pews were packed. Everybody, everybody went to church. Um, there was a couples club for uh, which my parents went to that met on, I guess, Friday nights once a month uh -huh. uh, and all, all sorts of uh, couples uh, gathered at that. 
Um, I know my dad was involved um, for every member canvas. Yes. He get all the all the men out, and I have a picture of him standing on the uh, on the front on the front step of the church on the portico, uh, getting ready to go out and attack. <laughs> this these pictures are amazing. Um, and actually, I know we we have the picture of the men and the and the choir picture, so um, I can put them on Facebook later to you know reflect about the, this conversation. But the picture of the men is there. They're all in suits. They're all lined up in rows in front of the sanctuary outside, and right. they're all ready to go out. And they've got their assignments to talk to people about stewardship. I mean, it, it was really collective action and a, lo a lot of people. And, and I think people, not so much the individual ask of, would you like to do something? But this is just what exactly what was expected. Yes. yes. Yes, yes. When we were talking ahead of time, Charlie, we were reflecting about that time. You know, obviously there's limited to no television. There's, you know, internet, I mean, it doesn't exist clearly, but even something like a phone call, I, I was born in that 1953 year. And even when I was a kid, we had a party line. So there might be somebody on in another neighbor, you know, a neighbor who was on the phone, so we couldn't use it. I mean, it just there, people went out to be together more, and it because they weren't able to connect in in other ways. Yes. Yes. Did you have siblings growing up, Charlie? Uh, I have, I have a, a sister who is five years younger than I. She lives in Endicott, New York. Uh huh. Um, she's having a tough time. Um, she has two sons and. Uh, one just had uh, his voice box removed for a cancer operation. So he can't speak anymore. He's about 55 years old. Uh, and her other son works for uh, Siemens where they have a plant, Siemens German firm, they have a plant in Olean, New York and uh, they're closing that plant and he's 52 and he's facing unemployment. Uh, my sister's having a tough time. Yeah, let's uh, invite everybody here to hold her and the, and them in prayer. That that's that's a tough tough part of her journey. Right. Yeah. Well, I touch base with her very frequently and mm -hmm. try to do the best I can to cheer her up. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have many suggestions to offer, but I try to put a little humor in the situation and be supportive. Yeah. Well, good for you for being being a good sibling. What was it like growing up in Burlington? I know Edmonds was the high school then, right? Edmonds High School, absolutely. You know, so, it's a wonderful place. Uh, all the boys smoked down in the basement uh, in the restrooms. <laughs> but and, and uh, when we had when we've had uh, uh, high school reunions, we've gone into Edmonds and and you know walked through the building, and I think the the stairs up to the uh, second and third floor, the wooden stairs are still all gouged out with so many people walking up and down those stairs over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it was pretty handy. The, uh, the uh, school, school sports were played kitty corner across the street at Memorial Auditorium. Mm -hmm. um, it was a, a women's gym and a men's gym. And the junior high school was where Edmonds Elementary is now. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you were really blessed to be right in the town, so you could you could access church, hang out with your friends, go walk to school, that kind of thing. Um, well, we didn't walk to school. We we moved 
from Howard or from a Spruce Street. We moved in on 1945. My my parents bought a house on on Spear Street, which was a dirt uh, road, uh, and it ended at the UVM farm. Uh, and uh, so um, when we got to high school, I, we hushed arrived with my dad, who of course ran a paint store. And an interesting story there: he uh, he take us to he and uh, my buddies on on the street. He take us to down to, to Edmonds, and uh, we'd go by the. Uh, the reservoir on Upper Main Street, and as soon as he turned turned the corner towards the intersection of Main and Prospect, he'd slow down. And I said, well, "Well, Dad, why are you slowing down?" He says, "Well, the light's going to turn yellow here eventually." He <laughs> <So. laughs> was pretty conservative. <laughs> it's amazing how one story about a person can help you understand them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he ran a paint store? Yes, Vermont Paint Company. It's still in existence, yep. although not in the same location, but yeah, uh, he ran that and a, and a business partner. He ran it from, he, let's see, he, he, he ran it from, he came up here from Albany, New York in 1939. And it was owned at that point in time Burlington, by Burlington Drug Company. And they sold it to him and a business partner in 1945. And he retired in, I think, 1970, 71, 72, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. Well, he had a good, good company to imagine that's lasted this long. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, I, you know, as, I, as I've been around, tooting around the community over the years, it's amazing. I've run into his former customers who talk so much, talk so well of him. Did he have you painting everything? Um, no, I'm not into that. <laughs> no, didn't. <laughs> you were that kid in the pew with a rolled up yeah, right. worship, <laughs> not doing what your dad thought you should be doing. I'm into I'm into singing, getting to know you. <laughs> so Charlie, I you know Charles Stanley Jones is somebody who I've you know is sort of legendary. Somebody I've heard about you know for so many years, and uh, but I really don't know much about him. I know two things now. One is that he memorized the scripture every week. And that was obviously a really important thing for him. And, yes. and it sounds like the congregation too. They're following along in the Bible. And was was there was it totally serious? Or were people kind of joking with him about that? Would he get it right this week? Uh, I think he was serious. It was serious stuff. People would joke behind his back. Yes. Yeah, I knew there was something. <laughs> but he was this was a serious part of his ministry for him yeah i mean he taught i think we talked the other day but he formed the aa group yes um that's the other thing i know about him is he was really a maverick in bringing aa into the building that that you know is a new organization and uh you know of course that's been followed globally you know that that uh churches uh you know place it faith Faith, buildings of faith uh, organizations are where many, many AA meetings are. Right. Um, tell us about confirmation with him. What what was that process? Because I think it was for kind of a younger age kid. Then. Yeah, I I um, I think I was uh, twelve or thirteen. I you know can't remember, but uh, we had to write. Um, a letter to him, Uncle Charlie, 
everybody had to write a letter in the confirmation class telling him why we wanted to join the church and what it meant to us. So that was, and I didn't really remember that very well until Diana Carlisle mentioned that to me about three months ago. Yeah. So dear Uncle Charlie, not dear Reverend Charles Stanley Jones. Oh, Uncle dear Charlie. Uncle Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so you did it. You wrote the letter and you joined the church and you were part of the choir. Right. Um, you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your career because it tells a lot about who you are as a person. So can you tell us about just you know educational path and how you got started with your work? Well, um, obviously I went to Burlington High School and then, then to UVM. Um, my, I did very poorly my first year at UVM and I, so I dropped out and um, well, my grades, my grades were terrible. I joined a fraternity and it was party time. It was just awful. So I joined the Navy for two years and came back and did three more years and made the Dean's List in every quarter and was very, you know, really good. Whereas I was in industrial management. And upon graduation, um, got a job with General Motors in Rochester, New York. So that's when I left the church, which would have been at age 23, I guess. Um, and went, worked in production control in a carburetor plant in Rochester, New York. I was in, in charge of making sure there were parts on the assembly line to make 7,200 carburetors a day in two shifts. And it was beastly hot in that place. They had a casting operation and I just, I, I, you know, it was, I, I think there was a future there for me in General Motors, but it was painful working. So upon graduation, graduation from UVM, I had been accepted at, uh, at graduate school. So after three years, <clears throat> um, my wife and I at the time, Sue, moved, we, we moved to Philadelphia and I went to the uh, University of Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. uh, Wharton School, got an MBA. And in getting ready to graduate, interviewed firms and IBM came along. And I said, well, you know, I'd, I think there's a plant in Essex Junction, Vermont. I'd like to interview them if you don't mind. And they, they were happy to do that. And so interviewed and got the job, obviously, and, and uh, financial planning, pricing, accounting, all sorts of <clears throat> uh, roles like that and worked there for 37 years and and uh, uh, retired in 2006 and been a happy camper ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie, I have, I have this picture, three years, it was three years you were in Rochester? Yeah. So three years making 7,200 carburetors a day making sure all the, the metal parts are there and how, just how hot was it in the plant? Well, they had a die cast operation in the back. They made uh, flange plates and carburetor bowls and uh, covers and it got to be, it had to be 110 in the back of that plant. And it was awful. I'd sweat would rip down my back every, every all the time. I just can't even imagine that because you know, here you you struggled in college you go in the military you come back you do really great to get a job right. you got and you got that job charlie <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty tough job 
Um, and what and a big decision to go to Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia is a big city, um, and uh, you know, you know, good for you, and lucky for Vermont that you came back here. Um, about six or seven years ago, Charlie and I were on a committee together. We were, it, it, the committee was imagining all kinds of improvements that could be made to the building and to the church yes, programs yes. and what they might cost. It was called the needs, it was called the needs committee. The needs committee. And yep. so Charlie said he, you know, kind of organized, take the notes and stuff. And I'm just like, what a, what a nice retired man this is. <laughs> And then I saw the document that Charlie put together and I'm like, no, Lucy, this guy is a genius. <laughs> so the, you, when you say, you know, costs and, you know, da, 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 at, at IBM, it, Charlie, you have a lot of expertise in project management and how to organize different steps. I mean, it seems to me that you, you're working with big idea people and you were really showing them how to, what's this gonna cost? What, it, what you know, how different things are connected. And uh, we hope that I told them the right information. <laughs> well, I was I was really impressed. I was not expecting. I don't know. Maybe I just I was just listening to you saying I wasn't paying attention to what you what you were doing professionally. But um, you've got mad skills, and the church has really been blessed by them. Tell us about the ways you. I want to get to music, but let's talk about um, your leadership at the church because you've really been involved in a variety of ways. And search committees, yeah. president of the church. Tell us about it. So I didn't. Um, um, I'm not sure when, but I I got on the prudential committee, which is, I guess, called buildings and grounds now. Mm -hmm. I got on the prudential committee uh, somewhere in the '80s. Um, not sure exactly when, but I. That was my home. That was my task if you would, um, for many years. And um, we did a lot of things um, when um, eventually um, Bob Lee taught me into be the president elect. <laughs> Smooth talker that he was, right? <laughs> what a great guy. And uh, so I became, the, President-elect in, um, I guess, 1999, and I, I was the church president from the annual meal annual meeting in 1999 through the annual meeting in two, 2000. And uh, so we had to address in that time period we had to address civil unions. Yeah, and that was. That was a challenging discussion. Uh, eventually, we, we clearly came down on the side of supporting civil unions. Susan Saunders was the president of the church when uh, Holly and Lois got married. I was standing out on the portico um, ready to, to intercept any, 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 any rabble rouser that wanted, that wanted to crash the, uh, crash the ceremony. Um, so that was pretty exciting. Uh, and. Um, and then after, uh, after doing that, uh, uh, the uh, presidency and president, like president, presidency and uh, past president, and then I went back to the uh, uh, prudential committee role and uh, stayed there um, 
through the initial years of, of Peter's uh, 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 ministerial time. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was an important time of service, Charlie, all the way around. Um, I, the conversation is when you say, you know, that was quite a conversation about civil union. It was within our church, but within the state, it was really something. I mean, it was really played out uh, daily news, uh, the legislature, you know, very active uh, testimonies coming in from all around the state. Our uh, denominations associate, the, the, um, the conference minister, our Reverend Arnold Thomas at the time, really spoke eloquently in Montpelier and said, um, basically, don't tell me there's a definite, you can define a Christian perspective on this question because I'm here to support this uh, legislation. And, um, you know, he, it just, it was quite a time. And I think um, it was a time that, um, it was important in our church, and I think it was challenging because this wasn't something we were talking about much at church before then. Um, but the direction was was clear, and you know how good that it was somebody with your long long experience that was there at that time. Um, when we were talking earlier about you know how you see yourself as a person of faith. And you, you were saying that as a kid, you, this was really what you were expected to do, right? This was, you know, really part of the, the culture in the community and your family. And um, go ahead. It, it fit well. I mean, I've, I was happy camper. I've been a happy camper at this church for I don't know how many years now. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and we're blessed for that time. Tell me about the time you, you there was a and you you spoke about this uh, a year ago in the stewardship campaign. Um, talk about what there were. There was a point when you were involved with the capital fund drive where you you had a you had a, an experience that really helped you see yourself right. as a person of faith in a different way. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I, I was a, a co-chair of the capital second capital campaign. <laughs> Bruce Hewitt, who was on this call, was the chairperson of the first campaign that uh, that Bob ran. But um, I was a co-chair um, for the campaign, and then Mary Ellen Spencer and I were the uh, co co clerk of the works. So the rubber hit the road, huh. and uh, one particular. Uh, Wednesday morning. We used to meet every, I think it's every Wednesday morning with the contractor and the church staff and Mary Ellen and I and go over the work plan for that week and the coming months and so forth. And on one particular morning, we had Mary Ellen and I had addressed the issues of the day and it was a, it was a tough, tough meeting. And, and I remember walking back from the uh, front of the church, walking back towards the pulpit and there was nobody in there, and and uh, I I think I think God was speaking to me, and He said, Charlie, He said, this this is your home, and and you know it it's certainly true. It, it is my home, and I hope it's everybody's home. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. but um, that was what I felt at the time. And mm-hmm. So very happy to be involved and do that kind of work. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I like that that story happened on a tough day. Yeah. <laughs> there there was know, more than one. You know, there's a river running under the elevator in the church. Tell us <laughs> about that, Charlie. <laughs> we, couldn't, there's, we, we couldn't stop the, and then we had to take, we had to replace the, the current elevator. We, we wasn't working, so we replaced it. And then when the campaign ended, we had to replace it, replace the replacement elevator. Yes. And we got, they got down into the, dug way, way down, and it's because the new elevator needed to be deeper. And they got, they hit water. Apparently, there's an underground stream under the church. And boy, it was, it was a bear trying, you know, I had to put a sump pump in, but we tried to stem, stem it before that by using various patching compounds and cement compounds and mortar and whatever. We had a firm come over from Plattsburgh and tried, tried to stop the water. Uh, and local people as well. Uh, that, that was a big challenge. <laughs> that was a much fun. Yeah, that, that whole water situation. <laughs> still is, there. <laughs> it, it's the, there was a program on PBS and it showed where there was, um, before the development of that part of uh, Burlington, that there was a ravine there. Yes, and yes. it show it, it's a, it's a really interesting program if you are familiar with that part of town, pretty provincial, you know. But in that particular place, it shows why we still have flooding from the runoff uh, right. because right. the the ravine was basically filled in, and well, uh, that, that was all part of it. You can trace that ravine in some places where it wasn't filled in. Um, you can trace the the, the outline of it. Um, it <coughs> It kind of runs um, oh, behind where the old strong hardware, strong theater was um, down, you know, um, on Main and uh, um, South Manuski. So yeah, it's, yep. And it all dumps out right under the elevator, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so let's. Let's switch the subject a little bit to uh, music and what music has meant in your life because you tell us about your voice, first of all, because you, you told me some interesting things about that, but tell us about your voice and about what, what music means to you. Um, well, I've been in the choirs since uh, I was 10 or 11 years old, in junior choir, uh, then into the high school choir. Um, and by the way, the high school choir was pretty big at the time as well. It was a whole, we used to sing up at the bathtub and it was a whole row of boys in the back row. Mm -hmm. you know, who would have thought that many boys would sing these days? It doesn't, doesn't happen, right? But there were tons of them. And then um, my graduation from, from high school, I, I, uh, I went on to the sing with the uh, senior choir or sanctuary choirs it's called now. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I just did the, had a great time with that. Um, and quite, I, other than, I've been in the senior choir, sanctuary choir ever since then, except for the time period when I was out of, out of, out of state, out of city. Um, so we've had some great times, had some great directors over the years. Uh, um, Herb Schultz was, it's a guy named Stockwell, I think was high school choir director, something like that. And uh, Herb Schultz was the senior choir director for a lot of years. Um, 
Bob Lee was instrumental in bringing David Nyweem in, which was wonderful. And we've been blessed with his service since uh, uh, a long time ago. I don't know exactly when, but it's been a while now. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I also do a little, uh, a little, a little other singing. I, I sung a little bit in lyric theater. Um, I've been in eight shows, and um, but I, I got after after figuring out I wasn't very much a very good actor. I uh, I joined the backstage crew and did scene reconstruction and still do that. But my uh, my major musical accomplishment, other than church choirs, is being a member of the Barbershop Harmony Society for 50 years. <laughs> and that, that's been great. Um, just wonderful, wonderful. And part of that 50 years, I've been in a quartet for 35 of those years, same quartet. Uh, three other guys are just like brothers. And uh, we, uh, we have a great time. And we haven't rehearsed in person uh, for since last March and everything, when everything shut down. Mm. And um, we, we get together once in a while in Zoom, but we don't, we don't sing. And I don't know if we're going to re resume when we can, but it's hard to tell, but it's been a wonderful ride. The uh, wonderful and very much appreciated in the community. I know um, I can just uh, for myself personally just thank you and your group. Uh, you sung out on the church lawn for the to entertain the you know hundreds and hundreds of Cotswakathon walkers who were walking right. by and stopping for refreshments, and you all were out there you know harmonizing, just beautiful singing, and also for Cots for the Committee on Temporary Shelter. They, uh, you donated a serenading and came over and serenaded me at the church. <laughs> yes, that's right. Of <laughs> course, I was sitting in that little kitchen eating soup or something. <laughs> anyway, and you've you've been you've been back to the church singing too. And you know what what a great group and it, you know barbershop. Yeah. I can't even imagine being able to do that, but it, it brings a lot of joy. What what part do you sing in uh, in the quartet? Well, I've, I've sung two parts over the years. It depends who else is in the quartet. And uh, I sing, I'm, right now I'm singing tenor. And my good friend, Greg Morrow, who used to be in the church with yeah. his, his late wife, Alice, were in a church. Um, and they joined when Martin was the pastor. And, mm -hmm. and they eventually moved to Stowe. So we've been kind of a long distance quartet uh, since they moved. but. Uh, he and I switch parts, so <laughs> he sings tenor sometimes, and I sing tenor. It depends who the lead singer is, and we've mm. had so three of the quartet members, Greg and I, and a fellow named Don Pierce, have been all together for thirty-five years. But we've had four different lead singers, uh, melody singers, over that time period, and so depending on how the voices fit, um, he, he and I switch parts. So, but that's great. So what, you know, the quartet also does a little bit of humor. And um, I'll tell you a story at, at my expense. So we used to perform a lot down at the Middlebury Inn when right before 9-11, there were a lot of bus tours, tourists uh, coming out during the leaf peeping season, fall foliage. It hasn't, there haven't, after 9-11, that, that dropped off immensely. But so we used to sing a couple nights, a couple, two or three nights a week down at the Middlebury Inn. And nice little basement uh, conference room, which they turned into a place where we could sing and we'd sing for folks. And, 
it was a lot of fun. And um, we used to have this, we used to have this deal where um, this is before cell phones. So everybody, all the, all the tourists would have these little, their little cameras with flash pictures and he'd mm -hmm. take it. So when, it, when, when we first started to sing, one of the uh, tourists got up and took a flash picture. I would pull out my camera and take a picture of them. So, <laughs> so one night, one night, um, we did that and I took the picture and everybody stopped singing. <laughs> it turns out that I had taken a picture of myself. So and everybody was laughing so much. <laughs> At <laughs> the camera backward. <laughs> so Greg will tell you, if you ever talk to Greg, ask him about all the crazy, stupid things I've done. <laughs> oh, sounds like It sounds like it's just been a joy. And, um, you know, I, I think every one of the things about this pandemic, obviously, it's, it's something we all have in common, right? We're, we're all experiencing it in our own ways. And people have had lots of hardships. Um, but I will say that the uh, for musicians, what a what a challenging time this has been. In fact, it came up at the uh, press conference with Governor Scott today, um, because there's a real focus on getting sports started again. And there were there are educators saying, you know, we need to get music started again. And are we sure that we can't get music? Oh yeah, you know, and Absolutely. how do we do that? Um, you know, so could you reflect a little bit about what that experience has been like for you? Uh, the pandemic. Mm. Uh, well, Pat and I have, uh, quite frankly, we struggled. Um, mm -hmm. As you know, she has some memory issues, and mm -hmm. so I'm her, care I'm her caregiver. And um, you know, we we basically hunker down and stay at home. And then we, the highlight of the day might be to go go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Michael will say, I, I think we're out of something. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> so, um, oh, Charlie. We've struggled at that with that. Um, although it's, you know, we have a Zoom choir rehearsal, so that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I enjoy doing that. Uh, so, um, we're, we're scheduled for our vaccine shot on two weeks from today. So we're really excited about that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, what I can say for anyone who knows you is that your grateful audience will be waiting <laughs> and looking forward to you having, bringing the joy and uh, you know, singing in the church again and, um, and out in the community uh, as you can. And right. we've missed you. Um, and the choir being able to, you know, be uh, able to fully express the joy of faith through singing. That's uh, yeah. Being in church and singing, well, actually being in church for the for the for the services is uh -huh. uh, the Zoom the Zoom services have been wonderful, but they just they're just not the same. Uh -huh. Just can't wait to get back to in person uh, services. Yeah. It'll it'll be it'll be a wonderful day when we can do that. It'll it'll be a good sit thing. in the sit in the pew and absorb absorb all the, the love and surrounding the folks and the, the place uh, place where I've been for 
75 years, I guess. <laughs> your home, your second home, <laughs> your home. Hopefully everybody's home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I will say I, I am not able to be in there very often, but today I went to take a photograph because we're um, the folks working on installing uh, some cupboards for, I guess, the storing bells and um, right. new AV equipment. So we'll be able to really up the quality of the, um, the video and uh, of, of worship and so forth. And uh, the idea was to get a picture of that. Well, it's this there isn't really a way to take a good picture of what's happening, but it's just, it's cupboards, folks. That's what you, it's a couple of cupboards. Well, um, no, I, well, and it fills up with bells and fills up with equipment. You know, the equipment's going to be installed starting next week, the audiovisual equipment. And the bells, bells have um, these dollies or carts, I guess, that slide into those cabinets. And when, the, when they're full of bells, it'll look a lot different. It, and it'll be a great convenience and it, it'll be good. But I couldn't really capture a good picture. But what came into my mind was um, just thinking about being in that space and not only hearing the organ and the choir, but feeling the music. And I just, I realized how much I miss that, that feeling. You know, obviously the worship and the connection with people in the community. Um, and it, it'll be a great day when we can gather again. Right. Charlie, I really appreciate you sharing your stories. And I know there are quite a few people here who have questions for you or comments or stories to tell on you. Um, so let me invite people to just raise your hand and I'll call on you. Susan Saunders, let's start with you. Um, when I first came to the church, I was 12. So Charlie wasn't there. He was in college. Um, <laughs> but his parents were there. And um, uh, I immediately fell in love with Mr. Church oh, because okay. he, Abraham Lincoln was my favorite president and Mr. Church wasn't 6'4 or whatever Abe Lincoln was and he didn't have a beard, but he just made me think of Abraham Lincoln <laughs> and I just loved seeing him and being around him and especially when I knew how much he was involved in the church. Um, those are those, that's one of my first memories of, of being in the church. He, uh, he, he was five feet 11. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a, 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 I don't know, statuous face like Abraham Lincoln. Really? Yeah. 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 He put yeah. a beard on him. He looked like Abe. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the other thing is, uh, it used to be when, uh, when at the annual meeting, when presidents changed, the incoming president would give the outgoing president uh, a gift. And I gave Charlie a gift and I've never seen him wear it. And it's very upsetting because it's a t-shirt that says Charlie First Church. <laughs> and that's what he is he's charlie first church <laughs> well i guess i better go look for that huh? <laughs> uh, um janice claypool hi charlie in, in reminiscing with you way back when we were young and in the junior choir um Maggie is sitting here telling me too that I didn't remember, but our choir rehearsals 
in the junior choir were on Thursday after school. That okay, meant I, we all, I didn't yeah, we all had to be there. The choir mothers had to be there. And that was our rehearsal. And then we had about a half hour rehearsal on Sunday. Okay. And the, and the other big thing that we did, when the men went out on the canvas um, to gather cards or pledges or whatever, we did a big dinner at the oh. church. Remember that? Yes, I do remember all, that. All of us high school kids had to do the serving. And <laughs> it was big and cramped. We couldn't get by. We were passing desserts and stuff over from table to table. We didn't have a choice. <laughs> right. Right. And then when you joined the church, you got out of having to do the letter that I had to do to Uncle Charlie Jones. I had to do what the Lord prayer meant to me. And you had oh. something different. <laughs> so you left out on that one, I'll tell you. <laughs> Carol Tandy had her hand up. Yeah, Charlie, I just have to tell you that to me, you're always uh, Mr. Fix-It because I've admired so much all of your skills, fixing every little thing and big things even all over the church in your quiet, very competent way. And I really appreciate that. I wonder where you got your skills and experience. Did your dad do that? Uh, he, he did a little, but uh, I learned a lot of skills working in scenery construction at Lyric Theater. And, um, and I learned a lot more skills, actually, from Dale Critchlow. We used to build stuff, uh, racks and, and cabinets and so forth for the possibility shop. Hmm. Go down to Wake Robin and work in, uh, in, their, in their shop down there. And Dale was great. I mean, he... He was a master at things. Of course, he also figured out, if he made a mistake, he figured out how to cover it up without anybody knowing about it. <laughs> I've just picked stuff up over the years. I've, but thank you. I, know, I remember uh, when we first started in the capital campaign, the first thing we, first work effort was taking out the old boiler under the, under, under the uh, apple. And we worked um, way, way late into the late afternoon, early evening, and your partner was looking for you because you were missing in action. <laughs> mm, don't remember that. Yeah, well, she called Bob and Bob called me. So. <laughs> <laughs> She's lost again. <laughs> Charlie, as we've had new staff members, I've said, uh, Within a couple of months, something always comes up about microphones or sound. I'm like, I talked to Charlie. Now I'm going to say it's Charlie First Church. You got to talk to him <laughs> to get all that straight. Donna Lee. Oh, uh, Charlie, I, on behalf of Bob, I want to thank you for all of the work that you put in on the capital campaigns. You were his rock. And he spoke so highly of you that um, I just want to thank you for him. Right. Well, he was a, he was a pleasure to work for and work with. Um, no question about that. And uh, I have a little another a little a little Bob story. Um, so when I became president of the elect of the church, um, Pat and I were living together, but we weren't married. 
<laughs> I was going to tell that story, and I decided not to. <laughs> Go ahead. Can I tell it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I probably don't remember it the same way you do, but anyway, um, so I asked Bob one Sunday at coffee hour, I, I said, well, Bob, I said, I'm going to be church president next year. Um, do you think it'd be a wise idea for me to get married? Not the first president to be married. And he says, but yes, that'd be a good thing to do. So a couple months went by or some period of time. And in one coffee hour, Bob came up to me and he said, well, how are you doing on that thing we discussed? And uh, I said, well, um, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. And uh, so then Bob left and walked on and the aunt turned to me and she said, well, what was all that about? I said, well, <laughs> I said you want to set a wedding date? <laughs> well, I didn't know all the details, but I knew some of it. <laughs> so thanks for filling us in. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, Janice Clements. So somebody told me, um, somebody who's no, no longer here with us, but told me that Bill Martin used to take you kids uh, during worship down street uh, to get ice cream when the weather was fine. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> uh, escape. John Floyd, you're next, Steve. Yes, um, hi, uh, Charlie. I, I was not aware of your, uh, your career in uh, organization and management, but I'm not at all surprised because I've, I've worked with you on several occasions at um, Habitat for Humanity uh, building houses. I, I have, I've got a pretty good feeling that you spent a lot more time doing that than I did. Can you tell me about your, your career there? Was that with Habitat? Yeah. I, actually, not, long, not much, quite frankly. Okay. I did work with them on occasion, but yeah. um, I... I don't know. It just well, certainly evidence of your uh, your your abilities, which everyone knows about. Your, yeah. Your right. Right. I did just I didn't I didn't connect with them um, for yeah. some reason. Yeah, we, we had a small group there for a while, then it just uh, kind of fell apart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 A good idea, though. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I've enjoyed working and with I, you on various things. And it, I still try to support them financially. Yeah. Uh, donations and so forth every year. Steve Hyde. Hi, Steve. Charlie, just to, I will attest that that plant that you talked about in Rochester was hot and was noisy, if I remember <laughs> correctly. I worked there filling vending machines probably about 10 years after you were there. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're sorry to hear that you were also tortured, Steve. <laughs> I didn't stick around long. I passed really quickly. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, talk about work ethic, but man, that place. Woo. I'm glad. I, that's one thing I can say. I am glad I never got to work in a carburetor plant. <laughs> well, they, you know, they, they've been supplies, supplanted by fuel injection, but a four-barrel carburetor at some like... 225 parts. It was a it was a bear. <laughs> Keep track of it all. It was a bear, and that's a lot of cars that were being produced. Right. 100 a day. Good grief. 
So can I ask, Charlie, uh, did you ever have to stop the production line because one piece was missing? <laughs> well, I can tell you that I get, I would get a phone call at the end of the second shift at home and someone would call me and say, by the way, you're out of this part here. You're gonna have to scramble in the morning. <laughs> and which we did. When we first started that, that production line up. Um, we we're short a lot of things and they, it, the testing wasn't adequate. The, the carburetors are failing. Uh, I remember being in there on a Sunday afternoon and we had running the production line for, for Cadillac carburetors. And they take us a, a skid of carburetors to the airport and fly it to Detroit. And one, one plane load at a time. To, so they, they could put carburetors in the, into the cars in the parking lot that had rolled off the assembly line with, with no carburetors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of pressure there. Oh, <laughs> oh well, it's, it's all for good for us that you ended up saying to heck with that. <laughs> right. right, right. So, right. Well, I, yep. Diana. Can I, can I just say, Charlie, it's been a joy to hear your, uh, your remembrances every once in a while. Charlie and I were a few years separated, but we shared a lot of that early church stuff. And Charlie has a great way of just kind of remembering a few things and your wry little comments and your wonderful smile. And you will remind me of things back there when I said we had to write the Uncle Charlie letter. And I didn't know that everybody, I think it's burned in our head that we all had to write this letter to join the church. <laughs> and you said to me, it wasn't Uncle Charlie, it was Uncle Charles. <laughs> oh, right? oh, I thought it was Uncle Charlie, but you, well, you, you told me, out. me, you told me he was very formal and it was Uncle Charles. But um, anyway, it was so great for me to come back to the church, you know, uh, be almost 20 years now and to have you there and to share so many memories and have you still singing in the choir. Um, it was just a joy and it still is. So thanks very much. And I also see that your parents came to my first wedding. I came across a list of <laughs> wedding. Could well have been. A, a little while ago, I said, oh my gosh, a page from the past and then for your parents. So, you know, we do share a lot, but it's just great. To, to, right. I'm sorry I missed the first part of your story. I'll catch up on it. Thank you. <laughs> well, Thank you all so much, and especially thank you, Charlie. I think, uh, Charlie, we can full well say that we are talking to an official pillar of the church, <laughs> and we are grateful for your singing, for your fixing things, for your, your attitude and the, the thoughtfulness that you bring to what you do. Um, I would say from where I sit, you are one of the steadiest, kindest people that I've met. And I'm really, I'm really happy to know you, Charlie. And I'm, I'm really glad that you were our guest today. Well, thank you. I wanted to find a closing that had something to do with barbershop singing. So I, and Janice Clemens has something to say. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna call on her. Do you wanna say something, Janice? Or were you just, was that a, a hit? Uh, it was a, she put up the hand of, of applause. Um, barbershop singing. Uh, so I was looking for a quote and I found two and I think that they really 
a kind of look through the music to the to the person. Um, one is uh, great emotional singing is a destination. It's not a destination. It's a journey. One to be taken time and time again to different places with different moods and different audiences. That same writer wrote this about barbershop singing. You can't create great harmony without interpersonal harmony. And I'd like to thank you, Charlie Church, for being part of creating interpersonal harmony in our community and, and for all of your generosity. So thank you so very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, next Friday on Spirit Seekers, we will have the pleasure of welcoming Caroline Crawford, who is our, the president of our church, um, as she will share some of her story, and I look forward to greeting you all then, and thank you, Charlie. I, if I could sing us out, I would, but right. <laughs> I'll be there. Please, please don't, Lucy, please don't. <laughs> God bless. Thank you all. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.